Well, hello, everybody. It's Sunday morning, and we Kensington Unitarians, plus friends from near and far, are gathered once again here on Zoom. I'm Sarah Tinker, and I'm glad to be leading this service with its theme of cultivating inner peace, because, well, inner peace, that's something I could personally do with a bit more of in these interesting times in which we're living. What about you? How are your inner peace levels this week? Are you gliding serenely through life, like the proverbial duck gliding through the water, effortlessly it seems, yet beneath the surface, your little webbed feet are working, working furiously. Are you feeling rattled by life's twists and turns, the, the conflicts and the confusions that seem to be an inevitable part of our collective lives at present? Or have you got this inner peace thing well and truly sorted? In which case, please stay for our virtual coffee and chat time at the end of this service and tell the rest of us how to tick inner peace off our to-do lists. There's still a lot I need to understand about inner peace. But what I do know is that it has some connection with our breathing and with our physical selves. So let's take one of those calming, gentle yet deep, centering and grounding breaths now. Breathing in down into our bellies, breathing out with a sense of peace and uh, arrival here in this present moment. And that gives me a chance to welcome those of you listening to a podcast or watching a video of this service on YouTube sometime in the future. It's great that we can connect with you in this way. Those of you who are with us on Zoom and are new to our Sunday morning gatherings, well, please feel free to join in at a level that's right for you. It's fine just to sit back and listen and switch off your video if that's more restful for you. There's no need to join in in any active way, although there are some chances to speak and to sing if you want to at several points in this gathering. But your, your presence, your presence here in community is what matters most. So please make yourselves comfortable. And we have some opening words this morning written by my ministry colleague Andy Pakula. Although we cannot be together physically, we come together nonetheless. We see each other's faces. We hear each other's words. And we arrive at this virtual place as a community, as a people committed to one another and to our bold purpose. Even without the touch of a hand, we know togetherness. Even without an embrace, we know mutuality. May the light of solidarity grow ever brighter and may we be together for one another and for the world.
and I light our chalice flame, connecting us with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over. The warmth of its flame reaching out to all of you across the physical different distances that separate us, reminding us that connections of the heart transcend all barriers. Our community connects us all and remind us that we matter to one another and that we are loved and cared for. This one flame reminds us that we are one people, one human race. Let's, let's each of us light a virtual candle in our hearts for all the issues that we are holding this day, our joys, our sorrows, and those, those sorrows of the world and the joys, let's hold those in our heart. And take them into a time of prayer and reflection now, which is a little bit different from, from usual. Um, and it's, um, it's based on a prayer of peace written by Joyce Rupp from the service community the Servite community. And in this prayer, she invites us to place our hands over our hearts and then open them before us at several points. So you might want to, to join in with that. So let's make ourselves as comfortable as we can. Let's take a bit of time to turn inwards, to bring all of ourselves to this moment. and align ourselves with that which guides our living in this world. The source of life's meaning and purpose for us, the ground of our very being. Let's be aware of the light coming to us from outside. Perhaps be aware of where the sun is in the sky at this time of day where you are sitting. I invite you to place your hands over your heart and move your attention towards your inner being. Slowly move further inwards until you reach that deep place inside of you where abiding peace dwells. Now allow your attention to move towards your loved ones. Recall their presence in your life. Then open your hands and extend them outwards palms up. Send forth peace from your heart to those you love, especially anyone who might not be at peace with themselves or others on this day. Place your hands again over your heart. Move your attention towards your inner being. 
slowly move forward further inwards until you reach that place deep inside of you where abiding peace dwells. Bring to mind the suffering ones of our world, especially those who live in fear of being harmed in any way. Open your hands and extend them outwards, palms up. Send forth the deep peace in the center of your being to those suffering ones. Place your hands again over your heart. Move your attention towards your inner being. Slowly move further inwards until you reach that place, deep inside of you where abiding peace dwells. Bring to mind those known or unknown who consider you an enemy or a difficulty. Open your hands and extend them outward, palms up. with as much true intention as will arise within you. Send forth the deep peace in the center of your being to those who consider you their enemy or their source of difficulty. And with our hands once more upon our hearts. Peace bringer, come to all hearts at war. Move them to lay down their weapons. To cast aside bitterness and resentment. Bring your peace to the hard-hearted ones. Lessen the grip of those who desire revenge. May your peace release whatever binds and free all those held captive by hostility or fear. Let us say together, that intention. Amen. And now Jenny has a reading for us. And she's going to start by telling us a bit about it. The reading we're going to hear now 
was written back in 1984 by Saskia Davis. She was working as a nurse with peer support groups for people with chronic or life-threatening illnesses. She describes how she sat down to write, not at all sure what she wanted to say, and the words came pouring out of her onto the page. For her, these words felt like a gift of grace. And as it sometimes happens, this piece of writing, the symptoms of inner peace, took on a life of its own. You can find it in so many places and so many forms. And over the years, it's been translated into different languages. But what we'll hear today is its original form. And Saskia Davis wrote it with some humour, but also with a deep awareness of our human anxiety about infectious diseases. She was writing at the time when the so-called AIDS epidemic was arriving in public awareness. People were frightened. Her words were not a denial of people's very real and understandable fears, but an encouragement to trust our inner wisdom. This is what she wrote. Be on the lookout for symptoms of inner peace. The hearts of a great many have already been exposed to inner peace, and it is possible that people everywhere could come down with it in epidemic proportions. This could pose a serious threat to what has, up to now, been a fairly stable condition of conflict in the world. Some signs to look for. A tendency to think and act spontaneously, rather than on fears based on past experiences. An unmistakable ability to enjoy each moment. A loss of interest in judging other people. A loss of interest in interpreting the actions of others. A loss of interest in conflict. A loss of the ability to worry. This is a very serious symptom. Frequent, overwhelming episodes of appreciation. Contented feelings of connectedness with others and nature. Frequent attacks of smiling. An increasing tendency to let things happen rather than make them happen. An increased susceptibility to the love offered by others, as well as the uncontrollable urge to extend it. Be aware. If you have some or all of the above symptoms, Please be advised that your condition may already be too advanced to turn back. If you are exposed to anyone exhibiting any of these symptoms, remain exposed only at your own risk. Their condition of inner peace is probably already well into its infectious state. Thank you, Jenny. The line about uh, frequent attacks of smiling really uh, 
links in beautifully with this meditation, which is an inner smile meditation. I'm sure you may have come across it before. I learned this from William Bloom years ago, uh, but it goes way back in the Taoist tradition. Uh, so you might want to get in a comfy position now uh, where you can relax for six or seven minutes or so. There are going to be a few words um, explaining this inner smile practice. Um, and then that will lead into two minutes of silence and our silence will end with some beautiful music from Bach. Uh, feel free to switch off your video at this moment if that works best for you. And remember that you don't have to follow these instructions at all. Um, they're just suggestions. Uh, you may have your own ways of relaxing and going deeper. But if it works for you, you might now soften your gaze or close your eyes and maybe give a little stretch and just allow yourself to feel as comfy, comfy as you can. Take one of those lovely breaths that go deep down into us. And as we release the breath, we could imagine a wave of relaxation spreading down from the crown of our heads over our faces and necks and shoulders. That wave of relaxation working its way down our hardworking backs, maybe helping us to straighten a little bit or finding a place of ease down through our legs and feet and toes out into the ground releasing that inevitable bodily tension. And now using your powers of imagining, bring a feeling of an inner smile into your body. You might find a smile gently playing on your lips and allow that sense of ease that a smile often brings us Allow it to bring you a sense of warmth and comfort at this moment. Let your whole body smile if that idea resonates with you. You might even imagine every cell of your body sharing a bit of that smile. feeling the peace that a smile can bring in every part of you now. And into the next few minutes of shared silence and then the music that we'll listen to. Let's have today's inner smile meditation really help us feel at ease in this world, despite everything as we enter the Fellowship of Silence together now.
Thank you, Abby. That was beautiful. Uh, this, this address is called Cultivating Inner Peace, and I'm doing what worship leaders often do. I'm teaching what I most need to learn. When it comes to inner peace, I am still in the junior class, which is why I like to ask people what their particular ways of steadying themselves are in life. And over the years, I've collected a goodly few of these methods, and I'll mention a few of these in a bit. But let's start by uh, thinking of the opposites to inner peace, because they may be different for each of us. I wonder how you would describe your opposite of inner peace. Some people describe having a restless mind or body, don't we? a feeling that we can't settle to anything or, or anxious, repetitive thoughts that whirl around, particularly in the middle of the night when we lie awake. Does the word agitation express some of your experience or, or maybe grumpiness or, or downright fear? I'm grateful for the uh, work of Rick Hansen, who writes extensively about the neuroscience of happiness. And if you're interested in this, there are lots of uh, materials of his available online for free. He helped me understand the human brain's negativity bias, how we are wired to notice negatives more than positives, and that that is a survival technique. He explains that, and I quote, the brain is very good at learning from bad experiences, but very bad at learning from the good ones. And that is why our attention 
may focus more on anxiety, trauma and suffering rather than on the good stuff of life. But we all have our ways, don't we, of dealing with this negativity bias and ways of finding the inner peace that we so yearn for. And if we're fortunate, well, the ways that we find inner peace are themselves helpful to us rather than harmful, because this is addiction territory. Our addictive behaviors sometimes have their roots in our fears and in our longing to soothe our agitations. So here are some of the paths to inner peace that people have described to me over the years. Many people I know use simple mantras that help to calm us down. One of my favorites is from the Course in Miracles. I could see peace instead of this. Other people I know use visualizations. The idea of remembering a happy time or place perhaps. Our hobbies could be a source of inner peace, can't they? Playing or listening to music, gardening, sewing, knitting, cooking, being out in nature, walking, swimming, caring for pets. They all take us out of ourselves, don't they? They give us an outward focus rather than remaining stuck with those repetitive spinning thoughts of ours. And I know that many of us have spiritual or, or philosophical perspectives that are very helpful antidotes when we're restless or anxious. Some of you will remember congregation member Will Lyons, who so loved the work of Spinoza and his famous saying, from the aspect of eternity. The idea of that being that we take another perspective on life's issues. We move away from the focus on self for a while and develop a, a wider, longer view. For we are but tiny sparks of life, here for such a very short while, in a magnificently immense universe. To become aware of the quality of our thoughts is probably for most of us the first important step on the path to inner peace. And finding a way to accept what is in life and accept it for what it is, rather than railing against it, is often the second step needed to discover inner peace within ourselves. You may have heard the Zen Buddhist story of the general, notorious for his cruelty, who led his armies through the territories of his enemy. People fled from the towns and villages up to the safety of the mountains, desperate to escape from that cruel general and his soldiers who were free to maim and kill all they found in their path. The army arrived in a village one night that was deserted, except for a monk who had stayed to take care of the monastery. On hearing that there was someone who did not seem to be afraid of him, the general marched into the monastery, where he found that small man sitting in his saffron robes in meditation. Don't you know who I am, shouted the general, brandishing his sword as he approached the monk. I am the one who could kill you with his sword without giving it a second thought. And I am the one, replied the monk calmly, who can let you kill him 
without giving it a second thought. And on hearing this, the general, it is said, bowed and left. And bowing and leaving is what I should do because this address is quite long enough. Can I leave you with this contradictory thought? Most of us probably agree, don't we, that finding inner peace is a good thing. A spiritual teacher described it to me years ago when she saw my great need for peace. She described it as the ability to find equanimity in the face of life's vicissitudes. The ability to find equanimity in the face of life's vicissitudes. And she gave me a wry smile. So we need inner peace, but would you also agree that at times an inner discontent is also healthy? The discontent that encourages us to improve conditions in our world, that spurs us on to make a difference. That's been described as divine discontent. And for me, that captures something of its creative energy. Because inner peace does not need to be passive. Inner peace allows us calmly to assess what needs to be done based on the situation we now are in. So may your levels of inner peace and divine discontent be just how you'd like them to be today. Well, if we are the only ones who can make that choice, what will it be? Amen. And there is an opportunity to sing a hymn now, which are the words of which are going to appear on our screen in a moment. And if you would rather just read those words rather than sing along, that's fine. But you can sing in the safe knowledge that uh, we're all going to be muted and we won't hear each other. Oh. So this hymn, To Seek and Find Our Natural Mind, well, it explores our sources of peace and wisdom in life. And thank you to the Unitarian Music Society for this recording.
Margaret, Marshall, you would be proud of me. I went for all the top notes there, safe in the knowledge that you couldn't hear me. So some announcements. My uh, thanks go to Jane and Janine, as usual, for all the really vital background work that is involved in a Zoom service like this. And um, thanks to our musicians, Peter Crockford and Abby Lerumier. Your music really makes a difference. Uh, it's good to spend time with you here today and we'll be back again for next week's gathering at 10 a.m. here on Zoom. And next week we're going to come up with a marvellous way of recreating our annual gathering of the waters ceremony. So do bring some water if you would like to and we'll think of some clever way of bringing us all together again symbolically. You're also welcome to join us on Tuesday for our 10.30 coffee morning uh, there are some spaces available for Heart and Soul this evening, Tuesday and Friday evening. That's our alternative spiritual gathering, really recommended. And make a note in your diaries of Tuesday, the 22nd of September, which is the Autumn Equinox. And our Green Spirit group are going to be celebrating that at 3 p.m. Again, everybody's welcome. Now, I know that I mentioned the red donate button that can now be found on our website's front page. I mention that just about every week. And that's because I've always wanted a red donate button. And now I've got one. And the best of all is it works. So if you press it, it encourages you to transfer money from your bank account to Essex Church's bank. So only press it if you do have some money to spare, because there are lots of other causes that need your attention at a time like this, not of which, not least of which is yourself. But a big thank you to everybody who's made a donation towards church running costs in the last week, especially people whose names I might not recognize. So I can't um, thank you in person. Thank you. Uh, because of your generous donations, we can keep paying our staff to do their great work, making the world a bit of a better place and help us to find a bit more of that inner peace that some of us are in need of. After today's service, we're going to have um, coffee time uh, in small groups, if you would like to join us for that. And as soon as the music finishes at the end of the service, we're going to take a photo. So do stick around, around for a few minutes, um, if you don't mind being in the photo. And we're going to have some closing words in a moment followed by a short piano piece. So I invite you now to select gallery view on your screen so that we can all see each other for the closing words and enjoy a feeling of connection in community. I've extinguished our chalice flame, but I've not extinguished the warmth of this community. And I send the light of this candle out into the world that all lives might be blessed this day with moments of inner peace. And in the midst of all that needs our attention, may we find ways to harness our divine discontent and work together to build a life for all, built on principles of justice, equality, and the greatest compassion. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be.